Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Is it mean of us to wake people up like this? <laughs> shakes, shakes his head no. I kind of feel like it might be a little insensitive. You want to be woke? Well, here's your chance on a Monday morning with that music. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Happy Monday. I hope your Christmas, well, your pre-Christmas weekend was exactly what you needed. I actually had one little fourth grader argue with me at church that Christmas was next weekend. <laughs> No, no. Next weekend's my wedding. Oh, next weekend. I asked the little kiddos. I teach 10 and 11 year olds mostly. And I always ask the kiddos if they have any prayer requests when we wrap up class. And one little girl raises her hand and says, I want to pray for you to have a happy marriage. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. (laughs) Every, every time that I walk into class though, they say to me, are you married yet? Nope, not yet. Well, but the countdown is on. It's really sweet of them. They're very excited for me. Actually, I think they might be more excited than most of my family and friends who are going. No, I'm just kidding. They're not, but it's, uh, it's definitely a countdown now. And a friend of mine, uh, said to me over the weekend, Hey, don't look now, but this is your last weekend as a single gal, which is really awesome. And, and I love the kind of the build up to it, the anticipation, but I feel like I'm so wrapped up in plans and travel prep and where are my flowers worries. And I'm not as worried about it anymore because there's nothing I can do about it. I finally just got to that point. So many of you have asked, which is why I bring it up again. I do not know where the flowers are. I have no idea. The tracking has not been updated. I did file a pair of service requests with the Postal Service on Thursday evening. So I finally got to the point where I caved and was like, okay, I'm going to do something. Well, guess what? It could take two to three business days for them to address the concern, which would put us at potentially Tuesday. (laughs) See, the thing is, if I don't don't laugh, I'll cry. So I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. Could I be the only wedding in the history of the world with no flowers? Probably not, right? Like, the, the, I, I can't have been the only one with no flowers. Oh, hopefully no one's used uh, the delivery service. <laughs> then maybe not. <laughs> so still believing, still praying those flowers are going to show up on time. And I know many of you are as well. Crossing fingers and toes, saying prayers, uh, giving me suggestions on how to get through to the U.S. Postal Service, the government agency as it is. Uh, I don't know that any of that's going to work, meaning going to the U.S. Postal Service. But at this point, Bob and I are willing to try anything because we both messed around and made it personal. (laughs) Because if Dion's upset about it, then we should all be upset about it. Or maybe I'll be like Dan Campbell. We're back in the dumpers again. No, I'm taking we, this personal. We thought we had wedding flowers, and now we're back in the dumpers again. You're back in the dumpers again. Yeah. Wedding with no purple flowers. We're back in the dumpers again. It's all right. Oh, do you know, if you guys know Amy Trask, who was the longtime CEO of the Raiders, you should go and see the post, the sweet reply she sent to me over the weekend when I said that my flowers had not yet shown up. 
I can't read it because I'm too embarrassed, but she was very sweet and said just the kindest words. And coming from a woman who has been married for a long time and is a friend of mine and knows how long I've waited, it was very nice. So thank you for asking. The answer's no, not yet. Don't have the flowers. But I'll let you know as soon as I do. As soon as I let out a loud scream and I do dance a little jig in my kitchen, well, then I will let you know right after that. <laughs> that that's going to be me right there. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. See, we're doing all kinds of waking you up on this Monday morning, figuring you need a little bit of extra, extra. So that's us. If you're a Cowboys fan, it's probably not as hard to wake up on this Monday morning, though, I suppose if you're an Eagles fan, you might want to climb back underneath the covers and stay there. I actually just got a tweet from a friend in Baltimore who said that it's really treacherous conditions right now in Maryland and parts of the Atlantic coast because of the snow. Well, I feel left out because we had temps in the upper 40s, which meant it was a rain and windstorm like nobody's business. Pretty treacherous ride into work, though, because of rain and wind and flooding, not because of snow. I'll trade you. I'll trade you. Bob needs to see some snow for the first time soon. <laughs> All right, so let's talk Cowboys and Eagles because there may be a changing of the guard atop the NFC East. Yes, the Cowboys are perched atop the division right now, though the Eagles can still win it by winning out. So nothing is out of the Eagles' grasp. But if this game was any indication of which way the Cowboys and Eagles are going, well, they're moving in opposite directions because this was lopsided from the start. Shotgun, Pollard on his right. Two tight ends on the left, back to throw, looking left, looking right. Pumps, runs out to the left. Throws on the run, Lamb at the seven and strolls in. Walks all the dogs. Touchdown, Lamb, but there's a flag. I think this may get picked. There is no call the play. play. There we the go. result of the play is a touchdown. There we go. Prescott extends his hands, takes the snap, back to pass, looks left, throws left, caught, touchdown, Cowboys, Michael Gallup. They oh. threw the slant. Gallup came from outside in. There's a penalty flag oh. down. I wonder if we're going to get that yeah. pick. Yeah, you're definitely going to. And that was a late flag, too. There is no foul on the play. The result of the play <laughs> is a touchdown. <laughs> So a one-yard touchdown pass to Michael Gallup, and with 20 seconds remaining in the half, it's 23-6, Cowboys. Twice on those two touchdowns, first from Dak to CD and then Dak to Michael Gallup right before half, and at that point, Dallas is already up 24-6. There are two flags thrown just for the fun of it. Eh, let's just throw a flag. The touchdown will look prettier with some yellow laundry on the field. We'll get more attention that way. Oh, no, no, no. I don't actually believe that, but how odd is that? You've got two flags thrown and no fouls on either one. All right. If that's the way you roll. First Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio and then Ryan Radke and Mike Golick on Westwood One. I got to tell you, the majority of the highlights that we have for the Eagles are actually fumbles. Philadelphia had three of them, including two in the second half. And the Eagles only get into the red zone one time. So as we ask you on this edition of After Hours, now do you believe in the Dallas Cowboys? Keep in mind a couple of things. Number one, Dak Prescott leads the NFL in touchdown passes. He has not thrown a pick, if I remember correctly, has not thrown an interception since the Niners game. He's got six interceptions to go along with 28 touchdowns, and that's just passing touchdowns. Doesn't include the rushing touchdowns. 
So Dak is leading the league in that category, and his touchdown-to-interception ratio is stellar. Number two, they've got a receiving core that's locked in. Do you know last night, it wasn't actually C.D. Lamb who led them in receiving. Nah. Instead, it was Luke Ferguson. I actually heard an interview that he did on Westwood One after the game, and he was talking about how he's been working toward this end since preseason. I'm sorry, I said Luke. Jake Ferguson, my fault. Jake Ferguson, who steps into a void left there at tight end and leads the team in receiving on Sunday Night Football. All right, so you've got him, you've got CeeDee Lamb, you've got Gallup and Brandon Cooks and Tony Pollard. We even had a Rico Dowdle touchdown. This reminds, and it was it was held up on review, or overturned on review, I guess. What reminds me of is the Chiefs in, in this kind of Super Bowl run where they've had these five straight AFC championships at home and the three trips to the, team, uh, to the championship and two rings. They can hurt you a variety of ways. They've got so many weapons and so many ways that they can come at you. And I was saying that earlier about the Niners. You think you've plugged one hole. You think you've stopped one guy. Or you've got one guy corralled. You're, you're, you've marked one guy. Or two guys or three guys. And then they hurt you with someone else. So the Eagles managed just 13 points against that Dallas defense. Which is another reason why I believe in the Cowboys. But I also think Dallas... Well, need may to be too strong of a word, but I'll use it anyway. I think Dallas needs the home field advantage to make a Super Bowl run. I don't think that's necessary for the Niners, and I'm not sure it's necessary for the Eagles either, though they did have the home field last year. I think it's it's necessary for the Cowboys because they are a decidedly different team at home. They have not lost at home in almost two seasons. Dak Prescott has got seven games in a row now in which he's thrown at least two touchdown passes, and we know what he looks like at home. Not to mention, is this sacrilegious? Do they now have the best kicker in the NFL? Jay just made a smirk. What, is that a yes or a no? He's 30 for 30 this season. He has not missed, including last night going from 59 and 60 yards. So, is that a yes or a no? He's a weapon, that's for sure. Four more field goals last night, and it's not like he's chip-shotting them. We're not talking about gimme putts. We're not talking about the putts where your opponent goes, pick that up. Nah. We're talking about kicks that are way, way outside the red zone and down the field. And he's drilling them, like, with oh yeah, with 10 yards to go on yeah, with, the yard or right down the middle. With incredible accuracy. So they've got a kicking game. They've got a dynamic defense, even though Micah Parsons was <laughs> taking all kinds of fluids. Poor guy. He wasn't feeling well. I woke up with 102 and 3 fever. Just like, I mean, I took as many drugs and IVs <laughs> as a man possibly could take to be able to play today. And I uh, just need to just go home and rest. He actually does not sound like himself. Do you think that when he does his podcast this week, The Edge with Micah Parsons, he's going to need more sound effects? He might. To cover up that voice of his. He still ends up with a sack, a hit on Jalen Hurts, and a tackle for loss. So if that's Micah Parsons under the weather, well, 
Do you think a couple of times where they highlighted him, they double teamed him, and he still got to the quarterback, <laughs> even though he had 102 fever and was hyped up on fluid. Cry later. <laughs> Laugh now, cry later. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. I'm a huge fan of Michael Parsons. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So, yeah, 15 games in a row at home they've won. And, yes, don't let anyone tell you this game was just your age-old, average, run-of-the-mill December regular season affair. It was big. We needed it. Uh, yeah, let's not sugarcoat that. We needed that. Uh, obviously, I've talked about it before. Mike talks about it, about grabbing a huge chunk of confidence and moving forward. And um, being able to do that against a team like that here at home, a um, place that we've had a lot of success at over the last two years, uh, puts us in front of the division, right? It does. <laughs> was lights out tonight. Um, you know, I, I think it's like anything. And, you know, you clean up your last game. Um, you're able to learn from it. But uh, you, you could feel it when they came back from the Thursday night game in Seattle. I mean, you, you could feel it in the, in the coaches uh, on Monday and, um, and then obviously carried through this week. So, I mean, there was no surprise they were going to play well tonight. Well, Mike McCarthy was just a few days removed from an emergency appendectomy. And he said that he got more sleep than he normally does. So there was a positive. But I think it's a testament to the coaches he has around him and also to the leaders in the locker room. I mean, Dak Prescott has grown into this role where he is, I mean, he's always been the undisputed leader of that team. They speak so highly of him. But now, as you watch him run this team up and down the field, he's turned into an MVP candidate. I mean, this is a guy who has taken so much flack, and I think that comes with the territory, not just being a quarterback, but a quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. The number of people who've said they can't win with Dak. Well, you know what? Right now, they can't win without him. He's he's playing amazing football this season since the Niners game. Meanwhile, for the Eagles, we know they haven't played their best football most of the season, but this was this was drastic. This was a game in which they never really felt like they were on the same field. I feel like we put ourselves in good position and get to the high red zone area um, many a times. Um, and we turned the ball over when we got there. And so um, I have to do a better job of, you know, protecting the ball and, um, you know, creating that, that, that energy for us. Except when he speaks post-game, there's anything but energy. He's so laid back post-game. <laughs> it's lots of philosophy. All right, so here's how we stand in the NFC. Three teams with a record of 10-3. and three. Right now, the Cowboys are on top of the East Division by virtue of tie breaks. They've won five in a row, but so have the Niners. And at this point, the Niners have the head-to-head tie break. Now, they may not need it. If the Niners and Cowboys don't finish with the same record, well, then tiebreak doesn't come into play or head-to-head doesn't come into play. But at this point, you've got three teams who are 10-3. and If the Eagles win out, they can still win the division. Cowboys, I would say, have the tougher schedule, though that's just on paper. I mean, for heaven's sakes, the Jets skunked the Texans on Sunday. The Bears beat the Lions and didn't allow them to score in the second half. What? So, yeah, what's up is down. It changes from week to week in the NFL. But the Niners and Cowboys are the hottest teams in the league. And the Eagles have dropped back-to-back games. So, we decided to get creative. Brandon Aubrey is one of our candidates for 
Monday MVP. You can take that poll on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. It's also on my Twitter. Coming up in 25 minutes, RJ Choppy from our Dallas affiliate, 105.3 The Fan. I'll have to see if he knows what Jerry Jones said about this game, about this win, because Jerry's a regular guest on their show. I think it's Tuesdays, Tuesday every week. All right, coming up, the Bills and Chiefs went down to the wire with a play or a moment that is causing Patrick Mahomes to slam his helmet into the ground. Although the game was bigger for Buffalo. And Jags get their quarterback for week 14, but they also get a handful with the Browns. Joe Flacco rides again. Stop it. We've, we've got Josh Dobbs and Joe Flacco and Tyson Bagent and Gardner Minshew. These are the quarterbacks making headlines these days in the NFL. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Good morning to you on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It is third down. Third down. And Kareem Hunt ready to take a direct snap. He takes it. He runs to the left. He cuts inside the two. He's down on the one. Fighting for the goal line. He is in. Touchdown, Kareem Hunt. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jim Donovan on Browns Radio and points off turnovers. Really the advantage for the Browns in this game against the Jaguars on Sunday. So the division leader, the Jacksonville Jaguars, with that Chiefs loss, later could have gained an advantage. Uh, but don't look now. We have got a mad logjam at 8-5. and five, And the AFC is still as murky as ever. And yes, the AFC North almost entirely uh, involved and all just kind of smooshed together behind the Ravens. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Joe Flacco has been named the starting quarterback for the Browns the rest of the way. Think he can get some of that guaranteed coin at 38 years old. Nobody's doing what Joe Flacco's doing right now in the NFL. The other elder statesman, would you call Kirk Cousins elder? Eh, not quite yet, maybe. Aaron Rodgers is on the shelf. I think he just turned 40, actually, last weekend, maybe two weekends ago. Uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford is still chucking and ducking, and so he's out there making noise, too. Um, but Joe Flacco, this story is pretty incredible. Jacksonville has a fumble to start the third quarter, and Kareem Hunt gets into the end zone. So there's seven points off turnovers. Then Trevor Lawrence throws his third interception, and once again, it's time for Joe Flacco to go to work. Flacco on fourth down and three. Play clock is at five. I don't know if they're going to snap it. Play clock is at two. They do. He rolls right. He throws the middle. It's wide open. Down at the 25, at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, it's David Bell! Oh my goodness, they forgot to cover David Bell! Forget to cover David Njoku, forget to cover David Bell, I mean, whatever. Defense is optional for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you know that Flacco's touchdown passes, now this includes yak, yak, I love to say that, are 34 yards, 30 yards, and 41 yards on Sunday. This is the kind of offense he's generating. I mean, am I the only one who's thinking that maybe they don't need to go back to Deshaun Watson? 
I know he's out for the rest of the year, but Joe Flacco can be had for a lot cheaper. Of course, there is the matter of the guaranteed money. Rut row. So, yeah, Joe Flacco, three touchdowns, over 300 yards, and he did have a couple of turnovers, but that's that comes with the territory. The Jaguars are able to get a late touchdown to Evan Ingram to cap a 75-yard drive. So with 90 seconds to go, they're within four points and are looking for the onside kick. Here we go for the onside kick. He dumps the ball to the right side. The Browns are on it. They got it. They got it on the right side. They recover the ball as getting it there over there is James Prochet. And the Browns can get into victory formation with a minute 32. And what a long afternoon this has been. (laughs) I like how he puts that because there were seven total turnovers in this game. It was like a ping pong or tennis or pickleball back and forth, back and forth. But yeah, Cleveland capitalized. Again, the 14 points off turnovers being the huge difference in this one as the Browns move to 8-5 and and the Jaguars fall to 8-5. and It's amazing how that same record can feel so different for two different teams, right? Joe Flacco. Oh, hey. Respect by his name. I've been in a bunch of locker rooms, but whenever you walk into a locker room, you still want to gain the respect of everybody. And... You know, you don't know if you quite have that until you can go out there and get a win and continue to do it day in and day out. You know, you try to carry yourself the right way and you try to do all the right things, but that doesn't guarantee anything in terms of going out in the field on Sunday. So it feels awesome to go out there and and get the win. So Joe Flacco at 38 years old, just kind of taking it all in stride. Sometimes people used to wonder if he had a pulse. He definitely does. And I would say that similar to most old dudes in sports, it matters a little more when you have been out of the league or when you're in touch with your own sports mortality. As for Trevor Lawrence, now you remember, he had that ankle injury, the high ankle sprain that looks so devastating that he might be out for the season. I was reacting to it along with everybody else on Twitter on Monday night. He ends up playing, though he didn't practice all week, but he was off. Also, why are they asking him to throw 50 passes? That's absurd. I get they were behind for a little bit, but it's not like they were so far behind that they had to throw the ball with alacrity up and down. The 50 passes when he was clearly off target. He was 28 of 50. It's just weird to say. He had three touchdowns, a couple of them late, but he also had three picks. And he was sacked four times. This is a bit of a mess for the Jaguars offense. And keeping in mind, they didn't even have 60 yards rushing. It was not one of our cleaner games. Too many mistakes, uh, you know, penalties, missed opportunities, missed throws, drops, um, you know, just not playing sound football. You know, I think we were just so inconsistent. It was hard to get in a rhythm. You know, we got to watch this tape and really learn from it. because there's. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. A lot on there that we got to clean up and and get better from. Um, It was just walking off the field, you feel like we Missed so many opportunities and left a lot out there and really just shot ourselves in the foot over and over. Well, we've heard that from a bunch of teams on this Monday morning. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I would say that the Chiefs could probably say the same thing. And here's the crazy part. 
the Chiefs and the Bills as they were playing at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday. They go toe-to-toe. It's a highly entertaining game. Bills really needed this one. The Chiefs are still in first place in the AFC West, but yeah, that top seed, which would mean that the any AFC championship going through Arrowhead would mean upsets, right? More than likely if things stand the way they are. They've dropped three of their last four. And so even though they're still the leaders of their division, the Broncos are only a game back. I mean, it doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. So let's fast forward to the end. The the Bills offense, they took on the personality of Josh Allen in this game. He did have an interception, but man, he was brash. He was bold. He had a bull rush for a touchdown. He doesn't mind the contact. He'll knock you over. Of course, at Arrowhead, you can guarantee that the Chiefs will eventually find a rhythm, and they do. So Buffalo has the go-ahead field goal just inside the two-minute warning. I mean, this was a, it was a really good game. I enjoyed watching it. It was one of those that kept you in suspense until the very end, and you won't believe how it ended. That's the crazy part is as much as we watch the NFL week in, week out, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, there are still moments that I almost can't believe I saw and I'm pretty sure I've never seen before. 20-17 to 17, Buffalo. They send another blitz. Selling out. Flag on the play. Might be a free one. They've got Kelsey at the 30. Kelsey 25. Angling back. 20. Now he's going to lateral it back at the 15-yard line. It's Tony. 10-5. Touchdown. Kansas City. They mess around and practice with this all the time. It's going to go with a 49-yard touchdown. Kelsey, the old University of Cincinnati quarterback. Number 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Five-yard penalty. Check it out. Offsides by the offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Who was it on? On Kadarius. Oh, my goodness. One of the most exciting plays... A TD is wiped off the board and a five-yard penalty. Second and 15 for the Chiefs at their own 46. It would have gone as a 49-yard touchdown catch and lateral. Normally, uh, if if it's even close, um, you get you get a warning. Uh, the head coach gets a warning. I mean, that normally. So I don't know. I didn't have a protractor out there, but um, it's a bit embarrassing. For a guy like Travis to make a play like that, and who knows if we win, but as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game, and that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, don't, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes, but I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something. And I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense all sides called. I mean, that's the we, that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called. And if it does, do you, they warn you? And there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's, it's tough, man. After that call, and you hear the, the whole thing with Mitch Holtis and Dana Hughes on Chiefs Radio, three more incomplete passes, and they fall short, and so they wipe that touchdown off the board. The Bills end up holding, so give them credit. They move to 7-6, and six, desperately needed road win in the AFC. I understand the frustration at the same time. 
I don't know how you can quibble with the call unless you believe that the the officials owed you a warning. And that's what both Andy Reid and Pat are saying is that we always get a warning. Just tell them to move back. Okay, but if you're Kadarius Tony, how about just look over at the marker and know that you half your body is in is is offsides. We're not just talking about a hand here. Now Gene Steratore put out on Twitter and I'll paraphrase Hey, it, you know the the referees often refs or officials do warn guys because they're they're not going to quibble over little things, but it was so egregious and obvious that they had no choice but to call it. I understand why the Chiefs are angry. At the same time, this is on Tony. It's like D Ford a couple years ago when he's off sides as his defense is picking off Tom Brady for what would have been a trip to the Super Bowl. All right, on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. Do you believe in the Cowboys now? We'll ask that question of our guest when he joins us from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Also, you can vote for Monday MVP. I'm going Brandon Aubrey. I voted for Brandon Aubrey. Why not? Kickers don't often get in there. Justin Tucker has been a few times. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. First and 10 at the Dallas 35. Hurts back to throw. Deep middle. Caught by Smith. He got away from one man, away from another man. And the ball's out at the 12-yard line. And I think the Cowboys got a Smith fumble. They can still go. This ball should be live. I think everybody's been waiting for that statement win. We've been talking about statements. And you got this high-power offense that came in our stadium and how good we've been at home. Um, We wanted to put a statement at home, especially how that game went last time. Um, it could have went either way, 50-50. Um, we forced three turnovers last time, but it just fell their way. So it's good to, uh, for them to finally fall our way. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Ooh, so dramatic. Oh, that big pregnant pause in there. Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio as they make quick work of the Philadelphia Eagles. Already up 24-6 at half. Micah Parsons talking about the fumbles, the takeaways, and the pressure they put on Jalen Hurts. This was a convincing win for Dallas, who right now sits atop the NFC East. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. We're excited to welcome RJ Choppy, who's the morning host, morning co-host, from our Dallas affiliate 105.3, the fan getting ready, warming up those chops, RJ what do you say about this game this morning when you first get on the air? Uh, I think it was as as we expected uh, all week. I mean, the Cowboys have been rolling at home. They they really play a different brand of football at home. Philadelphia's been sputtering. And the Cowboys off of a, of a little kind of a mini-bye, right? They played on a Thursday night. So they had 10 days off. Philadelphia was off a regular rest week. This was kind of like as we expected. We thought the Cowboys, at least I did, they were going to go in and they were going to beat them up. Uh, you know, and win by double figures, cover the spread easily. So it wasn't that all that surprising. Um, I mean, the turnovers that Philadelphia had may have been a little surprising, you know, getting all three fumbles back. But uh, other than that, I mean, the Cowboys offense is just rolling right now, and it clicks on all cylinders at home. Why? Why is it so much better at home? Great question. Uh, they're, they're, they're really not good on grass, period. Like the turf, playing on turf, this, this team's got a lot of speed, and that really kind of shows up. I think they've lost like eight of their last ten games or some number like that on grass. Um, and that, that, that's troubling because Super Bowls generally have been played on grass <laughs> lately, but 
Yeah, not this year. I don't think. I think you know Vegas is uh, is, is a turf field, but um, yeah, it, I, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, it, it's it's surprising, but like when they when they play at home, uh, you know they, their their fall starts are less obviously, which I think is normal around the league. But they just play at a faster pace. Has Dak Prescott changed the minds of those Cowboys fans who doubt that they can win with him now based on his performance since the Niners game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to be a real um, a real Dak hater to, uh, to to not really see what's going on here. You know, the first several years of his career, there were, there were two camps. You were either a Dak fan or you were a Romo fan <laughs> who never could get over the fact that Dak took his job. Right. And, and <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm sure there are still those that, that, that feel that way, but they've kind of gotten over it at, at this point. I mean, he's playing just a great brand of football, and, and the, the MVP race is uh, – it, it's, it's him, it's Brock Purdy, and you know, we looked at this as like an elimination game kind of thing, even though it's really not. I mean, the winner of the division is going to be in, in play for the MVP either way. But, I mean, Dak clearly has separated himself, we, I think, from – Hurts right now, based on last night's performance and, and the way he's played over the last five or six weeks, to where it's, it's him, it's Purdy, and you want to throw somebody else, they're fine. But I mean, he's he's playing at such a high level. I, it's really hard for Cowboy fans to think that if you still are a Dak uh, Dak hater, um, that you you really have much leg to stand on. What difference have you seen since Mike McCarthy took over calling plays and Kellen Moore moved on to the Chargers, which I, sp- I suppose is uh, something that may not last very long given their record and their tenure, but what changed? Well, they tried to change the whole thing in the, uh, in the offseason. They tried to make it, you know, obviously the West Coast offense, you know, one, two, three-step band, get it out. They just tried to get the ball out faster, even though it's not like they was holding on the ball a lot of um, but it didn't work, you know. Like they went back and they they kind of changed up a lot of things after that Niners game, and then after the Charger game when they had a bye week, they changed up a lot. Um, so it, it, it's not like it's not a traditional West Coast offense. They're allowing Dak some more more you know leeway to you know break the pocket, and and, and he really started using his legs more. Um, and, and you know he didn't necessarily use his legs last night. Um, but he's been able to get out of the pocket, throw on the run, you know, break the one, you know, the typical three steps on a West Coast offense that you would get. And, and you know, you know CeeDee Lamb also, uh, his emergence has been tremendous. Right. Uh, Brandon Cook's emergence, and, and really Ferguson, the tight end, uh, who is, is, a, uh, is a younger player. But, man, he has really turned into uh, a real big weapon for Dak. RJ Toppy is with us getting set for his morning show. It starts at 5.30 Central Time on our Dallas affiliate, 105.3 The Fan. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, so I don't suppose Kellen Moore would be headed back to Dallas if he doesn't keep his job there in L.A. But are you surprised, just out of curiosity, with how bad the Chargers offense has been this season? Nothing surprises me with the Chargers. Like literally, <laughs> not, literally nothing surprises me. We we think they have uh, a great quarterback, and the great quarterbacks don't put up the kind of numbers that they put up. Like we think we have a great they have a great offensive coordinator, and you know like that it's just not working. It's not working there. Like their head coach is, I mean he is what he is. I mean I I kind of like some of the things he does, but then like they're completely they're completely dysfunctional. Like I, nothing surprises me in L.A. Uh, they played sixteen road home games or whatever. It's like it's crazy what goes on over there. 
All right, so then how about this for a surprise? How often does Jerry Jones surprise you on his weekly interview? Every week. <laughs> Every week. And then that's, if it doesn't matter if it's some old saying from the 1930s or 40s <laughs> or whatever, or if it's just something that he says that's like, what? Uh, he surprises us every week. It never, it never fails. So then when he said on Sunday night that this was the biggest win in Mike McCarthy's four seasons as coach, do you agree with that? Are you on board with that? Oh, I mean, it's hard to beat a playoff win. Right. Tom Brady in a playoff game is kind of hard to beat, even though that wasn't like, you know, vintage Brady or anything. Um, yeah, I would probably say no. I think the playoff win might be a little bit bigger than this, but this puts them in a position to get what they have to have. This team can't win three road games, I don't think, in a postseason, especially if they have to go, you know, to Philadelphia and to San Francisco. Uh, again, that, there's that, that 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 grass, natural grass theory where they haven't played well in grass. I, I think that's too much to ask. Uh, so from from that standpoint, the future this might be a bigger win, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say that you're. Any win is bigger than a playoff win that's in the regular season. Mm. All right, so let's talk about the 28-year-old rookie kicker who's actually a Dallas product. I didn't realize that he grew up in the Dallas area. How much is this legend of Brennan Aubrey growing over these first few months? He is, uh, we call him Aubramatic. And he is, uh, he, he, <laughs> like it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's tremendous. Because going into the season, we had never heard of this guy. Um, <laughs> we were some, in camp, they had him, they had... Uh, a couple other guys that were kind of competing for that job. And, man, I don't know if it's something out there with the wind and Oxnard, the ball doesn't travel well, but we were like, God, these guys can't make anything from, like, 45 yards. Like, they can't make anything. And next thing you know, you go into the regular season, this dude's, like, pounding 60 yarders and, you know, 50-something yarders and right down the middle. Uh, he, he's been phenomenal. There's there's no other word, There's no other word to use other than that. Like, this guy's, like, he's automatic right now. And I had no idea that this had never happened before. So I know he's made uh, more kicks in a row or more consecutive kicks to start a career than any other. But I had no idea that there was never been a kicker in NFL history with two field goals of at least 59 yards in the same game. I mean, I suppose you could guess that, but he's the first to do that. This Aubramatic kicker from Dallas, who's a rookie, first guy ever to do that is pretty incredible. I I, I didn't know that either. That's that's wild. I mean, you would think that, Somebody would have had it in Denver uh, at some point by now, uh, just in the high high altitude. I had no idea that was that was a that was a thing until last night. That's pretty cool. Like he's he's he's, had, he's done nothing but make kicks this year. It's it's, it's like refreshing to have a, a guy that you don't worry about when they kick. Mm. It's really, it's, it's just something we haven't had much. I mean, last year you know with Brett Maher the playoff game missing four extra points. It's uh, it was it was it was a bad end to the season, and, and this is completely different. So just about 45 seconds here, RJ, before I let you go, other than grass, since you already mentioned that, what's the Achilles heel for these Dallas Cowboys? What's the biggest threat to them? Oh, the Niners in general. <laughs> uh, they, they just, they're, they're the boogeyman. The Niners in general are. They, 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 the matchups are terrible. Um, you know, like from a coaching standpoint, like Shanahan has, has really kind of separated himself. Uh, it's just, you know, Purdy is just so smart. He doesn't make mistakes. They're just a... They're a monster to have to deal with. The Cowboys want no part of them. Just get them on the other side of the bracket and hope somebody picks them off. (laughs) 
All right. Good stuff in Dallas, though, on this Monday morning. RJ Choppy is on Twitter at RJ Choppy. Get ready to do his show in just about 40 minutes or so. Sean and RJ from 530 to 10 Central Time on our Dallas affiliate, 1053 The Fan. They always have Jerry Jones on Tuesday mornings, right? Tuesday morning at 830. All right. Prepare to be surprised yet again. Thank you, RJ. I appreciate a couple of minutes. Thank you. So good stuff in Dallas, where, as he says, unless you are determined to be a Dak hater, uh, there's no way that you can't give him credit, give him respect. You may not love him. You may still wish Romo was back, whatever. You may be a Cooper Rush guy. (laughs) But you can't ignore. You have to acknowledge what Dak Prescott has done. And so the Achilles heel is the Niners. I mean, if that's it, just devoid the Niners. How hard can it be? (laughs) All right, so they'll have fun on their morning show. And, yes, we generally do flip audio from Jerry Jones after uh, he appears with them every Tuesday morning. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Weirdly enough, I have no idea why this is happening, but you get your choice of Monday Night Football games. You know those books that used to be all the rage? Okay, maybe I'm old, but maybe it's like the 90s, 2000s. Did you ever like write your own ending? Choose your own ending Choose books? your own adventure. All right, choose your own adventure. So you can either choose the Packers and the Giants, or you can choose the Titans and the Dolphins. You think they could hang 70 on them again? And we'll be back tonight. We'll talk more about Shohei Otani as well. Have a great Monday. Master it. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.